All right. Da, 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 da. Beautiful. We are recording, so let's rock and roll. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Airborne, and they have a new album called Lizard Secrets Part 2, Age of Wonder, which is released on December 10th via Fighter Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Alessio to share some more information about what Airborne has got going on, more about this record, why is the title so long? And we're also going to chat about a couple of tracks uh, and what the boys have been up to. So, Alessio, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be on the Rock Metal Podcast. And yeah. uh, the, the question of about the title so long, <laughs> is, <laughs> that's fun. No, it, it's, it's long because uh, we had part one before part two, so we have to... Distinguish the the two parts, and so that's the name. Part one was called uh, "This is a Secret Part One: Land of the Living," and this one is called "This is a Secret Part Two: Age of Wonder." Okay, we'll have part three as well in the future. Ooh, Ooh part three. Okay, so let's start then with part one because that came out two years ago. Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because that's what I've got here. I've got that it came out two years ago, massive, 13 songs. Uh, and then we've got a part two, obviously, that we're chatting about right now. That's the current news. And then even then, technically, we've got some more news that a part three is coming. So for those of us who are unfamiliar with the Lizard Secrets trilogy, shall I call it a trilogy, Alessio? Definitely so. Okay. Take us through the trilogy. What happened in part one? What's happening in part two? What can you say about part three? Well, first of all, it's not uh, a story, you know? It's not like a concept album. It's more like a, a collection of songs that have a common ground in style and, uh, you know, uh, themes, uh, and stuff like that. And um, part one was uh, <clears throat> the first in, in the trilogy, and we, we decided we wanted to do a trilogy because, you know, uh, we have we have been on on the scene for 25 years now, since 1995, and we have done a lot of things. And so we wanted to do something a bit new, something different. So we decided, yeah, why not? try to do something bigger, a trilogy of albums. And that's what we did, basically. <clears throat> Part one was released in uh, 2088, and uh, it went very well. And so, well, our record labels were already happy with the idea of trilogy. And this was a bit of a surprise to me, but <clears throat> they were happy. And since part one went so well, we we decided to go on with the program. Okay. Yeah. Well, of course they're happy. It's guaranteed work. Most bands don't work, Alessio. Oh, that's that's <laughs> that's not a problem with Airborne because we really really work a lot. But I understand what you mean because in between albums they can can happen many years. No, you know. Big delays, and that's and that's exactly 
one of the things we wanted to not to happen with Lisa's Secret Trilogy, we wanted to be continuous. And it would have been even more continuous because our plan, our initial plan was to have a, an album per year. <laughs> and I know it's a bit, uh, maybe a bit of hubris, you know, <laughs> in that. But I mean, um, <clears throat> if it ambitious? wasn't for yeah, ambitious. Yeah, if if it wasn't for a pandemic, I mean, we could have done it. Yeah, but an album every two years is good. I, I I'm I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. And ambitioso. I am. I am. I am ambitioso. Okay. <laughs> Perfecto. Now, something you mentioned there was you guys wanted to do. A, it's a giant album. I mean, the first one is 13 songs, and then this next one here. Oh, shoot. I had it brought up and then I didn't have it brought up. Anyway, it's quite a bit of songs. I mean, it is ambitioso um, to do an album per year, especially as a band. Um, it's prolific, uh, quite quite literally prolific, pro-life, prolific. Um, but I don't necessarily think that two years to come out with a record, especially with a global pandemic, is anything to be shy of. I mean, speaking of, of hubris, you guys, I think are doing a pretty good job of getting the work done. So maybe take us through the last two years, um, going into this year, how did coronavirus change things for you guys? Well, it's quite obvious that it changed, but about live shows and those are impossible (laughs) at the moment. And, uh, it also makes everything more difficult uh, for recordings as well, because Italy have been in lockdown, total lockdown for uh, quite some months in last spring. And uh, of course, uh, it was a problem to simply to, to be in the same room together to record. We, we are lucky because uh, we have a little studio and we do all the recordings there. And I'm also the producer. So uh, this, of course, helped. But uh, anyway, we have to stop for some, some time. And, uh, and we have to return to, to, to the production uh, when it was possible. So, of course. Those are uh, unforeseeable things, you know. In the past... Who could have thought something like that could happen? But it happened. Bill Gates thought it. That's who thought it. Bill Gates. Uh, Now, you mentioned that you are the producer. Uh, Did you do the mixing and the mastering as well or just the production? Yes, I did mix and mastering. Yeah, I did everything. Yep. Okay. You know, uh, if I can digress a little... Uh, you know, maybe you know that our first records were produced by Pete Silk of Iron Savior and Blind Guardian fame, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, for many years now, I, I have become the the main engineer of, of our albums because I learned a lot from him, and uh, so it was a great experience, you know. Yeah, and I mean. Now I can do that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's not often that people can say, "Hey, you know, we got to work with a legend," and then uh, suck out all their thoughts and glory. 
and put that into your own records and still churn out the records um, to, to, to write and record all of the music, produce it, mix it and master it and still have it out in a global pandemic within two years uh, is incredible um, to be, to be perfectly honest, but it's not often I really get a chance to chat with the person who did the production and the mixing and the mastering. So I always like to go down that rabbit hole and say, okay, what was your goal with the record? Aside from obviously making it sound good, what was your intention with the sonic character of the record when you were sitting down to mix it and sitting down to master it and even, even to produce it before those stages? Well, you know, uh, as you probably have understood, I'm really big fan of 90s power metal, European power metal. And I think this kind of genre can sound in a very specific way, must sound in a very specific way. And this, and that's the 1990s German metal sound, you know? And I want to recreate that with modern technology. But, well, it was already modern <laughs> in the 90s. But, <clears throat> but I think I... I Created quite a, uh, you know, really the the kind of sound I really always wanted for Airborne with this last album and latest album, and I'm very happy about it. And I think it fits with um, with the songs and the lyrics and everything else. Now I'm curious when it comes to crafting, you know, a '90s German power metal sound. What goes into that? Is it as much of the writing and the arrangements as it is, say, to use modern vernacular, a kick sample or a snare sample or um, a particular guitar rig, uh, you know, as a, an angle Powerball into, I don't know, a Mesa Boogie 4x12 or, or whatever it is. How do, how do you go about crafting that sound? Well, uh, you know... You can do all those things these days by simply go down to a library of VST presets and, and do exactly that thing. But that's not the way I do I do things. I created my sounds carefully year by year, trying to improve the little bit more every time, and you know, I think this time I really did it. It's it's a, a long process, I think. That that's particularly too for drum sounds. We we did a lot of research with our drummer Roberto uh, to do to do exactly the the sound he, he liked, and um, that's we did the same for bass and and, and guitars. For bass, we also had a bit of input from uh, Gamma Ray bass player Dirk Schlachter, <laughs> which we have. Our bass player happened to, to to meet him at the show, and uh, he asked him exactly all the stuff he used. <laughs> we did the same because he's a great fan. He was yeah, very nice. Yeah. Gamma Ray knows their shit, man. They're they're good. Absolutely. So, 
and they're also great producers. Dirk, Dirk is a great producer as well. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, something else I have here on the news is that this is the first album being released in a new deal with Fighter Records. So take us through that. Were you guys shopping for a new label, or how did that come to, to, to fruition? You know, th that happened when we, we did part one. We had the record completed, and uh, we... We basically didn't have a label at, at the moment. And so the first thing that happened, I, uh, I by chance, I recorded a, some vocals for an album from, from a band from Argentina called Preludio Ancestral. And uh, they were signed with uh, Fighter Records and with Spiritual Beast in Japan as well. So first thing I, I did was to contact the Japanese label to see if since they, they liked the, their record, I, I, I thought, I, I, I sang on, uh, I believe, six tracks. And I think if they liked the, their record, they probably, they will probably like Airborne as well. And they, it turned out that they, they, they really, uh, they, they knew the band from the past. And, uh, and so I signed a deal with, uh, with the Spiritual Beast for Japan. And so, and after that, I saw. I thought I probably should contact Fighter as well to see if they are interested in a deal for uh, Europe and the rest of the world. And that happened. Everybody was enthusiastic to have Airborne, and and so sometimes you know things in life lead you to your goal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, a couple of tracks, focus tracks off of the record are Scarecrow Days, which has a lyric video. And we also wanted to chat about Speed of Life today. Um, so take us through these tracks. And since Scarecrow Days has a lyric video and is uh, one of the, the singles that's out, uh, I guess we could start there. What are the Scarecrow Days? Yeah, Scarecrow Days is uh, kind of one, it's probably the heavier song on the record and it was written by a guitarist Roberto Capucchio and I wrote the lyrics and music wise is power line borderline with thrash metal and or quite heavy classic heavy metal and uh, the lyrics are about a very important issue for me which is anxiety you may imagine that this is a science fiction song but it's not it's actually a a very <laughs> social commentary song. And uh, it's about anxiety, uh, anxiety in, intended as an uh, as a illness, not not the anxiety about something that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I suffer from it from, for quite some years in the past, and I know how, how bad that thing can be. And millions of people, maybe more, <laughs> suffer from it every day. And so I thought I, I I wanted to put into into the lyrics uh, some some in some way what you what you feel when you're under that problem of anxiety. And I think the scarecrow days are those days where where the issue uh, arises and you are. Uh, like a victim 
and and you can and you see things in a completely different way. And I think it's important to talk about these things because <clears throat> people that suffer from from anxiety often keep that the, all all those things for themselves. They they don't share, and it's wrong. You know, I when I suffer from it, uh, I, I it was really a big problem, and, and uh, but I'm a completely okay person. I'm jovial <laughs> i'm a happy guy uh, and uh, but you can it it can really change your life in a blink of an eye so i think um, it, it's very relevant relevant and uh, it, i believe that it will be even more relevant when we when we'll suffer for post traumatic stress because of the pandemic you know yeah, i was before the pandemic but yeah. Well, that's one of my next questions is, you know, obviously you wrote this before the pandemic, but does the song now take on a different meaning for you as a result of the pandemic? Well, no, I, I think, I don't think so. I, I think it's, I, I probably think that it will, it's an issue that will become more relevant in the future, but, you know, I live that... I confront that thing. I cope with that in the same way as before. Okay. So the 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 condition or or the anxiety is not any worse as a result of the pandemic. It's the same for you, just a different situation. No, I think it's the same. I, I and I actually doesn't. I don't suffer from it anymore. Uh, and. Actually, I think having uh, real stuff to be uh, involved with, to think about, uh, keeps you away from that. So uh, the pandemic <laughs> gave us gave me a lot of real problems to to confront, you know. And so I, um, I didn't suffer from anxiety, but I think in in the long in the long terms. Uh, this thing will come out, not for me, but for many, many, many people, a lot of people. Okay. Now, Speed of Life. What's this track about? Well, Speed of Life is more of a classic, uplifting uh, power metal song, and uh, but also have uh, a deep, deeper meaning as well because. Uh, it's about all the phases of life, you know, uh, youth, maturity, and finally when you get old and in the end you will fade away. And uh, of course, th this one also <laughs> was written before the, the pandemic, and uh, and this one, I mean, will probably be more uh, catch more meaning. In, in this moment, because life is taken a little bit less for granted, I guess. So we, we you have to to take uh, everything that passes in front of you, you know, at the speed of life, and and you have to take the most of it. Mm -hmm. Very true. Okay.
Unless we've chatted about two tracks off the album now. Two tracks. Uh, Speed of Life and Scarecrow Days. And the lyric video will be available on today's show notes. www.therockmetalpodcast.ca And if you're listening to the audio, say on Spotify or iTunes, it should be in the show notes on that platform. If you're watching on YouTube, then it should be down below in the comments. Uh, we chatted about the album Lizard Secrets Part 2 Age of Wonder, which is the sequel to Part 1, Land of the Living, and Prequelius to the Part 3, which will be coming up at some point in time. I think the only thing that we really haven't chatted about is, um, with regard to Part 3, were you guys working on that earlier because of don't say the lack of shows and tours and things you would normally be busy with this year or things with that part three. I don't, I guess my question is how have you done things differently? I guess uh, this year to with more free time, I suppose. Well, actually uh, part two were, was recorded together with part one in, was demoed together with part one. And part three was demoed when we recorded part two. So we are already at 50% of part three at the moment. That's, and that's a cool thing about doing something like a, a, a trilogy, you know, because you can plan in the, <laughs> for the future. And so at the moment, I think we have we already have all the songs for part three uh, written, except from a couple maybe. And uh, by the way, we also have a lot of bonus tracks that we didn't use for the previous records and also some funny covers, but we won't talk about that. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of material and of course being unable to tour just increase the the entity of all that material so we wouldn't be getting some surprise eps maybe of bonus tracks and silly covers maybe so uh you have to take into account that we also record uh for japanese version of the album three bonus tracks each which are re-recordings of classic urban songs from the beginning of the band. So it's probable in the future to have a re-recorded best of from Airborne with some extra bonus tracks. At the end of the Lizard trilogy, I think we'll do that. Okay. And that could be the lizard secret of them all. Yes. Perfect. Now, is there anything that I missed, Alessio, that you wanted to chat about? Well, I don't know. I think we we said it all, I think. But what do you think? Uh, we talk about the songs, the record, and the tour that won't be. <laughs> and I don't know. The Secret Lizard Tour. Yeah, wow. very secret. Very, <laughs> very secret. It's invisible, yeah. Very uh, private. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we chatted about what you guys have been up to, uh, the trilogy. We chatted about a couple of tracks. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what else there is to say. That concludes my question. So if there's if there's nothing else, then I just wanted to thank you, Alessio, for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. 
it was great. I have a great time. And uh, if I may, uh, I suggest all interested to see our Facebook page, Airborne Band. And thank you very, very much for having us. You're welcome.